0: What's up everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Tier 1 Podcast. Uh, today on the show it's just me. So look at you guys, eh? Oh man, I'm out in, in Sydney where I'm living for the moment. Walking through Centennial Park. Uh, it's a bit busy, uh, busier than I thought it would be. So sorry if you hear some cars going past or oh, some dogs barking. Or oh, me just shutting up for a second while people run off. Uh, cycle, walk past I um, still get kind of nervous doing these ones actually it's a bit strange just to kind of talk to yourself like this for a while I guess but uh, I feel like I also learn a lot from doing these ones where uh, in a way I guess the, the ones where the guests can be used I don't have to talk much and I find that a lot easier but getting out of my comfort zone, so that's all good. Um, speaking of which, I kind of had a conversation with Rob Lawson, guest of the show. Also the first person I did a, a walk-in, po- or the only person I've done a walk podcast with, I guess, until now. Uh, and we were talking how we'd let ourselves slip a bit on the discipline front, so. Made the challenge with him to make sure we get up, well, I say early, but we said before, make sure you're out of bed before seven. Which I guess doesn't sound very hard, but that's kind of the point of it, you know. Um, It's a very obtainable goal and hopefully it'll build momentum. So yeah, I guess I haven't been very very disciplined lately. Um, I'm not maybe sure why exactly that is. A few changes, I guess, with uh, Anissa coming over and living. So I had to adjust to that, but I feel like I'm kind of ready to get back into the swing of things, get back into my training properly. I've had a couple injuries. Well, I just messed up. Well, a couple injuries, really. I've just had bad knees and messed up my finger a bit, the ligaments, but that healed really quick, which I was happy about. (sighs) So yeah, been, well, I think I've been missing home a bit, but (laughs) what happens is I go and make a, a cup of Yorkshire tea, standard, and then you see, you know, on the box of the Yorkshire tea where they've got, you know, um, like the rolling hills and sheep in the field and stone walls and all that kind of stuff, and like, oh yeah, I miss kind of like those kind of days of summertime in England when you go out to like the Yorkshire Dales or like Arm's Cliff, and um, but it's okay to miss those kind of things, and you've got to remember like. Those things only come about every once every, well, probably once a year with English weather. But... Pause for a side (laughs) twist. Um, I guess that's made me think I should try and not live in the moment more, because that sounds super cheesy, but just try to appreciate things as they're happening. so, yeah, I try and get up early this week. Get back onto the back onto the discipline training, looking after myself, and my food prep, which is great. Um, something I've been thinking about a lot, you know, the discipline stuff, because you know I'm a massive fan of Jocko Willink and his whole discipline equals freedom and extreme ownership stuff. And I guess. As you learn more and grow, old, those things like that, I take on different meanings to you. And I think I've understood it more lately, where I really feel like there's, the only thing that kind of holds me back from doing everything that I might want to do is, is me really, so. If there's anything out there that went on, like for instance, I've been trying to learn more Portuguese and it's so I could, great time for me to kind of try and do that because i work with you know a load of brazilians so so you know it's and there's no excuse for it really like like the extreme ownership stuff there's no one it's not like there's any secret words that they're trying to hide from us <laughs> it's all on there on the internet so you can't really um, be like oh yeah I don't have access and anyone who says that, I don't have time is bullshitting you You know, we all have the same amount of hours in the day. It's just prioritising what's important to you. And I've probably been spending too much time just sleeping in. I've been watching a lot of movies with Miss, but that's because she hasn't seen crazy classic movies like Fight Club and American History X. So uh, that was definitely worth it. Hmm. So I think the last time I did one of these was when I first got to Bangkok, but... I haven't checked. The, um... I hadn't intended to really do one this week. I, I meant to do one around episode 50. It was like a little landmark episode, but... turns out I didn't have anyone to... I or couldn't organise an uh, interview this week. So that was um, a bit unexpected, but I, I, was, I was looking forward to doing it anyway. Um, because, like I said at the start, I do get a lot out of it. And, and Centennial Park, where i walk around, is really nice. There's all these, well... I said they're like little lakes, but i says they're ponds. I don't know. What was I saying? Um, oh yeah, been a while since I did one of these. So, thought sort I'd of maybe try to catch you up on some stuff that I've been up to. Not that it's particularly interesting, but hopefully I'll get to listen to these in 10 years or so and I would have forgotten. And uh, remind myself of the things I've been up to. Oh, wow, there's a black spot in the lake. I just walk down to, our no, pond. Just walk down to see one of them. So, let's see what they do in Bangkok. So, Bangkok was just so much training, three times a day, most days, and I, I really miss that now. Uh, again, probably should enjoy it more in the moment. Uh, and I look back and think, oh, could I have done more with my days then? Could I have? Because now I'm working, it's easier to make that excuse of, oh, you know, I've got less time to do things like learn Portuguese and that kind of stuff, and but, and I'm like, could I have done that well, more when I had? way more free time when all, all I really had to do in the day was train three times you know <laughs> but I think that would have been quite hard on myself I think probably um, uh, looking back you know train three times but then after you train three times you're pretty knackered you know like and it was a whole adjustment period and all that kind of stuff so I think there was that problem with, with that I really enjoyed Train at Bangkok Fight Lab, and I'm really looking forward to going back. Um, I want to spend at least another month there before I head out of Southeast Asia, uh, you know, this part of the world, you know, Oceania. Um, good stories from Bangkok as well. Of course, I met Nissa there. She wanted me to bring it up on the podcast, so there you go. <laughs> um and that's been a big change now obviously because we spent a lot of months apart and now she's living with me here in Bondi, which has its own adjustment periods and to kind of get used to um, time management, making sure I've got enough time for doing my own stuff like with doing my own independence and you know, um, making sure that I try to be a good boyfriend as much as I can, obviously quite new for me. So I'm learning a lot on that front. I should have done another one of these when I was in Bangkok because I'm already forgetting the kind of things I did. <laughs> Essentially though, I think I've kind of nailed the main point that I was just training all the time. Uh, did did quite a few, uh, I guess I look back and think I didn't do much touristy, touristy stuff, but me and this did go see quite a lot of stuff as well. So I don't feel like there was, hmm, I don't think the things if you look at like top things to do in Bangkok or something, I, think, I remember the only two things I didn't do was the um, Grand Palace. I didn't do a uh, a riverboat. Uh, uh, what was it? Floating market type thing. I didn't really intend to spend as much time as I did in Bangkok. I'm not really a big city person, but I feel like I've spent all my time traveling so far in cities, which is a bit strange for me. I do enjoy the comforts of city life though. Like, obviously, being vegetarian, it's a lot easier to get ready food in the cities. Anything you can have, the comforts and the ease of stuff is really convenient. Mm, one of my favourite uh, bits of Bangkok was uh, one of the fighters from Bangkok Fight Lab was fighting on a one championship card and Professor Morgan oh, was just handing out these VIP tickets and I was like, no one else wanted them, so I was like, oh, I'll, I'll take them. And uh, yeah, me and this went to one championship and we got these VIP tickets, super close, and then they invited us into like, the VVIP stuff. And that was proper cool. It's been a really great memory from Bangkok. Mm, apart from that, I remember spending a lot of time in Siam Paragon just eating with the green curry and the food cart. <laughs> um, got invited to do this uh, tour of the city, but more in like the local area. And it was just me and then... <laughs> it was just me, the lady who kind of like owns Ashwana hostel, was doing some kind of course so she could take tourists on this, this tour. So she was getting assessed and there was like all these pictures getting taken and ended up eating like a Michelin star like, noodle bar type place which was delicious. So that was a strange experience. Um, trying to make sure I'm actually going the right way. I'm kind of walking around Centennial at the moment because I'm trying to map out a running route as well. So with this um, with this discipline week kind I'm of when I get back into my running, I've been a bit wary of it because I was worrying how how my knees would do, but started taking a load of like fish oil and glucosamine and magnesium stuff, and it seems to have uh, helped quite a bit. <sighs> Beg pardon, but yeah, I'm gonna just start really light and um, work my way into it slowly. Try to get back into actually cardiovascular fitness because. Jiu Jitsu, I've not been rolling much obviously, I've injured my finger, but also just with timings and stuff I find it difficult to get as much rolling in as I like. I'm pretty sure if I you nail know, my discipline we can get at least five sessions in a week of training and then maybe three of which rolling. I really want some morning sessions so I can just come in like 6 30, go do the class maybe at rolling then Head off straight, because the gym's closer to the park than where I'm living. Go straight in, doing some running, and then head back home, get a shower, get ready for work at, like, starts around 12. That'll be ideal. See, yeah, just mapping out a little running route. No idea how long it is. If it's more than 10k, I'm going to be a bit bit worried, maybe try shortening it down somehow. There's a lot of people out for first thing in the morning. you think they'll be at work? And the birds, if I can use it. pigeons or something, I don't know. Jesus. Hmm. Let's see what else we got. Hmm. I'm sure there are some more stories from Bangkok, but they elude me right now. So eventually I'll head over to Bali, and I was feeling a, bit, feeling a bit out of sorts, like I, I don't know if, if what, what happened, but I was feeling very tired, and didn't seem to have the same kind of energy, but luckily my friend Rob had got to Bali, Rob Walters, who, episode two of the podcast, I think, um, I got to Bali, uh, a few days beforehand and that met up with him and it, oh man that was a meeting up with him was a bit of a story in itself actually. so he was staying in Kanga and it's about I don't know a mile from where I was staying less than. but it would have taken a lot longer to get there if I walked through the streets so I thought, oh, there looks like this strange path that goes through these rice fields. So I'm like, oh okay, you know a little adventure crack down these these rice fields. And then, so I'm walking up and down this really busy street, like motorbikes flying past me and shit. And then I can't find the, um, where this path starts. I'm getting really confused. I'm thinking, oh, I should just walk, walk around, do the big loop. But then I kind of look down and it looks like someone's driveway, but head down there and keep going, keep going, keep going. And then it kind of starts this, you know, I say path, but it's more like a rabbit run, you know? It's hardly there. So, I'm like, oh, it's in the general direction, let's just give it a go, it's probably the right thing. So, I'm walking down, like, walking, walking, the houses in the background disappear and stuff, and I'm just seeing, like, rice paddies all around me, and I bump into like, these random kids in the middle of the field, like, flying kites, and they're thinking, what the fuck is this guy doing? And I'm just like, oh, fuck, <laughs> these random kids must be thinking I'm crazy. But anyway, yeah, walking down these rice fields, and the path just kind of. Stops, and I'm just in the middle of these you know, these rice fields, and I'm thinking, oh, I've fucked up. I fucked up here, you know, and so I keep keep going down Like I have to jump across like this little river. Um, I right, climb down this little hill, scramble up something else. I'm thinking, oh shit, have I, like snakes in Bali. Like, what, what the fuck's gonna get me here? Um, and anyway, find like another path and lead that. And it leads me right to, right to me and Rob, which whew, I was pretty lucky for, because I, I think it was getting dark by then as well. <laughs> um, to me, Rob, Jack and Jerome, met there with Rob's friends headed off to Gilly T uh, which is kind of like a, what they told me like a party island but a really small island that you can walk around really quickly and there was no uh, motor vehicles there everything's kind of done by horse and and carriage type thing so not really my thing kind of party island stuff but fuck it you know I want to spend time with my friends so I'll go so yeah, we head off to we get picked up early in the morning. Uh, get onto this ferry boat, a couple hours on the ferry, and here we are in Gilly Tee's kind of washing up on shore. Find a uh, hotel and we went go for something a little, a little bit uh, nicer because the boys went for feeling very well. Luckily I didn't catch anything, but oh fuck, I remember like that after that first night I stayed in Kanguyan Barley, like I was just covered in. These horrific bites all up from now like the left side of my back and i think it must have been bed bugs but i only ever found one thing that i thought was a bed bug but i was pretty sure it was uh, so i was covering these bites which i wasn't happy about but so i brave the beach because if you know me quite well you know i'm not the biggest fan of the beach because i don't like sand very much much like Anakin Skywalker um, <laughs> So, yeah, Gilly Sea was beautiful though, beautiful beach um, and what did we do? We went out one night, uh, had a walk around the island, watched like, a little sort of bonfire on the beach and stuff like that and really cool, really kind of relaxing and really glad I went. So, yeah, heading back to Bali then, it was all guns blazing, I'd missed like a week of training which was eating me up inside a bit. I fucking need to look at my directions real quick. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Straight on. So yeah, so I'm introduced to Bali MMA, and I'm thinking, oh, I must be pretty fit at this point. I've been training three times a day, but these guys, you know, Anthony, Andrew, and Donnie, all got wrestling backgrounds, and if you know anything about wrestling programs in the States, they're, they just kill themselves in fits, in fizz. So, and the classes were, you know, they're still jujitsu jitsu classes, so they're not, not the hardest thing in the world, but they definitely done it at a different intensity. And because there was so many fighters there that, you know, all the, all the roles were really intense and stuff. So I had a tough time, but I think, I found something there that I was really struggling with for jiu-jitsu the last few years, which was, what's um, that Hold on, hold on. Ah, nice. Which was um, bringing the right kind of intensity to my rolls. So, so much of the time, I just kind of half-ass it and not be too bothered whether I win or lose, which you know, has its benefits sometimes. Uh, but also, if you want to get a lot better at jiu jitsu, then you're going to need to you, you the um, ones, eh? actually try and play a top game as well as a bottom game. And try actually go for submissions. You know, put I don't know if effort's the right kind of word, but actually bring bring competition to it instead of not just not 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 caring, but Um, I don't know what the right word is here I'm always being held back by my lack of English skills anyway I think you get what I mean so yeah that's what I kind of found there. by the time I had left I really felt like I'd had a intensity to my roles which I think more than any kind of technique or submission or Escape, sweep, whatever I learned there, I think that's kind of the biggest thing I took away. And I remember speaking to Anthony a little bit about it and he was like, oh yeah, that's what you kind of need to do. And, um, and I guess it ended up working out because so that's what I feel like I bring more competition to roles now, which I guess I can get onto in a bit, but yeah. So Bali MMA was great, really. Really enjoyed training there. I'd love to go back and see the guys. It's such a cool atmosphere at that gym. Everyone just seems to want to get after it. So you feel like it has a really, really strong team spirit, especially in those advanced classes with Donny. I um I uh, wrote a little little blog you might have seen um about those kind of team spirit stuff with Donny and martial arts and the simplicity of it which i think i'll give you maybe a read through not right now though because i'm going through a strange area and to find a bench where i can sit down but yeah i'll give you maybe at the end have a little read of that um hmm. i guess what i was thinking about with the, the that story my blog bit i call it chop I call it chop wood carry water but the actual quote I heard from the podcast you might have done you might have listened to it with Donny was in good times chop wood carry water in bad times chop wood carry water and I think it's such a good saying because oftentimes I think I make things more complex than they need to be and that's just you know just keep it simple, like <laughs> just do the work you don't need to make things something like just chop wood, carry wire, and just... You now, for me, it'd be... Go train and do podcasts. Go train and do podcasts. That's the only thing that really, kind of... For me, individually, matters that I make sure I get done. Obviously, there's things obviously I need to make sure I do. Now I'm in a relationship, and it's more than just me cracking about. Okay, I'm lost again. Hold on. Mmm okay seems like there's a lot of horses around this bit Call the grand parade i need a bit of a busier section Hmm. okay i'm not sure if i'm actually meant to be on this path i feel like i'm back okay no i think we're good um okay where was i yeah Bali I mean it was cool didn't it's like I didn't actually do much apart from that in Bali so you know people are like oh what was Bali did you do this did you do that did you climb in and just do that and stuff I was like uh no <laughs> I just trained twice a day three times if I was doing yoga um which I don't know I, I, is that a waste of hmm I didn't really want to I was very much debating whether or not I should get a... Holy fuck, there's so many ants. Uh, All these horses, man. Don't think I'm meant to go in this bit. Might have to get quiet for a minute while I get past these horses. (laughs) hmm okay so uh yeah I didn't want to I was debating a lot about whether or not I should get a scooter to crack around Bali. but I ended up just thinking, like, it's not worth it because if even if I have, like, a small old moth or crash and I get, like, a little bit injured, it stops me training, which is the main thing I care about doing, you know, like, yeah, you know, climbing around volcanoes and stuff is cool. And I'm sure it's a great experience and I'd love to do it, but I also would be really upset if... Um, I wasn't able to train. And you never know what can happen. I'd not ridden a scooter before, so I think it's one of those things you got to step back and take a, a third person's perspective on, because I'm in, you know, I'm in it. So sometimes it's hard to make the right decision when you're doing those kind of things. But I managed to. You know, I spent on Kovalchuk and stuff, and he gave me some advice, and so yeah, I didn't didn't end up getting a scooter going around, just lots of training. Spent more money than I had intended to in Bali because the places where I was staying didn't have great cooking facilities until I got to the second place actually, and because I didn't want to go back to the place to bed bugs, so I went to another one, and it was this really cool guys, like young guys, had really good English and uh, there was like these three Labradors, or Golden retrievers, I'm not great with dogs, but you know, that kind of dog. And there was a litter of puppies there, so I was just loving up on these puppies and these dogs and they had decent um, cooking stuff. So I managed to just eat a lot of like eggy bread, or French toast, uh, for those that don't call it eggy bread, um, and lots of porridge and I'd usually order some kind of food for dinner because obviously training so much I would get, usually that you know that, something like that would cover me for a day, but if I had a protein shake maybe as well, but uh, training so much and then with that intensity, I was just starving. So I'd order these like really nice bagels. I'd get a lot of nasty go-around with this Indonesian food from a cafe down the road. Um, but yeah, I ended up spending more money than I intended. So, <laughs> let's see. Leaving Bali, I left on some kind of public holiday, which was meant that there was not as many taxis going around. So the guy who owns a hostel just uh, stuck me on the back of his bike and like, whizzed me down to the airport, which was kind of funny. Um, it was really good with my bag and like two bags with me. And this bag he was taking home, we were pretty precariously placed on the scooter. So yeah, anyway, I get into... Brisbane and met up with my cousin Sasha. Ended up spending uh, a month kind of staying with her and her little boy Zach. It was, was cool to hang out with them both and um, especially with Zach because <laughs> there's so much energy and it kind of brought out more kind of playful stuff and feel like it had been so serious a few, few months just um, you know, with lots of training and martial arts and stuff like that. So it was nice to just play around. And of course they got a great dog called Stella, who I like, took out on a few walks. And I really liked where they live in um Springfield Lakes outside of Brisbane. I really like Brisbane actually, it's a really clean city. Kind of one of the first things I noticed how clean everything was. Maybe coming from a place like Bangkok and Bali. Uh, where there's um, well, Bali, definitely, where there's a lot of... No, yeah, Bangkok, too, where there's, like, a lot of litter. Uh, how clean everything was. And then... Um, so, yeah, and that's ended when I... So, the reason during the summer there wasn't many podcasts coming out... Well, even though I was still recording them, as was kind of probably still aware if you check the recording dates from the podcasts. Um, my laptop broke, uh, which was really annoying because... Um, I was really wanting to be consistent with the podcast and make sure there's stuff coming out every week, but yeah, it was just it wasn't happening. And I didn't want to get a new laptop while I was in in Bali. I wanted to wait till I was of oh, Bangkok or Bali. Um, I wanted to wait till I was in Australia and I could get because I you know I'm going to be here for a while, so I got more guarantees with it, you know. So anyway, I got a really powerful laptop which set me back quite a bit of the money that was already getting kind of low and on that i built a new website or well new website built a website uh which was a pretty cool learning experience you know like i say there's nothing If you have the connection to the internet there's nothing really holding you back from learning everything so just watch like a three hour video on how to make (laughs) a website like simply on on youtube and uh a domain all that kind of stuff and no coding or anything involved. I'm not. I'm not a wizard, but you know, just using WordPress and uh, Elementor and that kind of stuff. If you have any knowledge about it, uh, I think the website's okay for what it. it is. Maybe I would have used a different server and stuff looking back because it's a bit slow, uh, and it adds an extra element where I've got all my. Because I really did want to do a blog, and I don't know what else. I've not managed to do many of the blogs Uh, one part laziness, two part hmm, two part laziness, one part lack of inspiration of what to write about and stuff but I think if I wasn't lazy I would definitely come up, if I really thought about it there's probably a lot more things I would have thought about to write (laughs) guys playing cricket over there nice um However, see, I've not managed to write much lately. But you never know what happens with the um, podcast. Maybe I want to do some video elements, or uh, whatever I want to do. It's now I've got a place where I can play it all in one one spot, whereas before I was only able to put it on that Podbean website, which isn't very good. Uh, I need to really have a. Whip round the whole website though, and neaten things up, there's a lot of small details that most people would probably miss, but that really quite bug me. It's like things not being standardised across different pages and fonts being out of whack, um, spelling mistakes, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, so um, built a website while I was there, which took up a lot of my time, but also sorted out, I'd mean, like, get my bank card, phone sorted out, that was a fucking mission, Medicare, tax file numbers, all that kind of jobs. And also started, like, looking and applying to a lot of jobs, mainly farm work, because my first intention was to knock out all the farm work really quick, um, obviously, so I can get my days done here for a second visa, and also so I could... Um, save up as much money as I could before I got here so I could do afford to do more stuff so anyway I wasn't having much luck in Brisbane so I ended up meeting my mum's cousin and Sasha's mum Sue who lives up in Townsville with her, near her daughter Cassie and her husband Andrew and they invited me up to Come stay with them for a little bit in Townsville while maybe looks for some work as well. And I was more than happy to head up there and and uh, take advantage of that offer and let them and uh, you know live with them for a little bit. And that was really nice. I really enjoyed heading up to Townsville because it's uh, had that small town kind of vibe. Where you know the really cool thing about it, I guess, is a whole, maybe a whole Australia thing like massive roads but completely empty so so I was um, got to Townsville and ended up having a look if there's any jiu-jitsu in the area and lo and behold there's a jiu-jitsu school Gracie Baja on, so my own home affiliation for those don't don't know it's like a same kind of franchise so I messaged a guy and I'm like oh hey can I come down and he's like oh yeah you know by how family come down and, and uh that was howney who's been on the podcast recently Or oh, came out the episode came out recently at least and um how gave me such a warm welcome in and all the guys i did you know and i got there just as they were opening up a new location because their previous school had been changed to an atos or an alliance or something i don't particularly remember i didn't want to delve too much into it because it seemed quite personal you know um but damn if that school isn't amazing. Like, nice big open space, loads of light. Really, obviously, everything's new, but Han's got a really nice attention to detail, and um, as most martial artists do, I think. But it made it really look really, really good. And I'd love to go back there and train with them. Uh, really high level guys there. And I wanted to probably spend more time there because there's a few guys at the actual club I would love to. Interview. Uh, Big uh, military base there, so loads of cool guys in the forces and stuff knocking around. Who I always appreciate talking to. Firm me one second while I get my directions again. Okay, so I'm like halfway, and my jiu jitsu class starts in 25 minutes, so don't think I'm gonna get to that. Um, but that's okay, I'll, uh, I'll smash my training tomorrow. We're in the morning, it's in the afternoon. Hang out with you guys for the time being. So, where was I? Oh, yeah, got to Townsville, did a the training with Howney and the guys there. What else happened in Townsville? Um, oh yes, yeah, so I was applying for loads of my jobs and just not having any luck. Which is a little disheartening. But getting on gumtree and fines, you know, I'd really try to avoid vegetable picking, even though I'm vegetarian and I do you know, have a big reason why I'm vegetarian is like ethical reasons, I don't which is a whole different thing, but I didn't I would have actually preferred to work on like a cattle ranch kind of doing the cattle herding and stuff on the bikes. Which have been or horses which have been really cool. As, as it sounds I imagine but quite hard to get that stuff so with with uh maybe one not so hard but I had the time constraint as well with needing to be back in Brisbane by the end of October for an instance to arrive which obviously was great you know I didn't I didn't mind the fact but it just made it a little more difficult to find work so ended up looking at a vegetable kind of picking farm which I initially shied, shied, up, uh, shied away from because uh, usually it's not as good conditions, not as good pay, that kind of stuff But anyhow, needed work, and um, didn't want to uh, impose too much class on class and Andy Not that they would have, you know didn't, didn't make me feel more and more than welcome Andy even uh, drove me out to Air, which is like about an hour away from Townsville where I was going to get picked up by this farm and uh... commence working for a bit so get out there and there's like a really small town vibe and even though I think it's had a lot more um yeah Townsville felt small this was like an old western <laughs> you know walking down Tumbleweed no it wasn't that bad but um Andy was saying, it, it did feel like a lot like that back when he used to go to Air frequently, many years ago, I think he was saying. <sighs> and um, yeah, I get picked up by these nice guys later in the day, we get a lot of shopping in, because um, well, this farm is in a place called Dalbeg, where, which was in the middle of nowhere, nowhere like literally, Air was the closest place and that was an hour drive away. So I had to get our log groceries in for a, at least a week, you know don't know when we're going to get back out to town so I do all that drop some money on groceries and shit and again I'm getting pretty poor by this point so it's a lot of pasta and noodles not not my usual jam oh, there's another water thank god I'm getting dry mouth again it's pretty pretty strange talking to you guys get a bit nervous know. Oh, man um, so yeah we drive out to this I found where they pick zucchini, Lebanese squash, and uh, oh, something else. Can't really remember. Uh, bear with me one second. That oh, that's good. Yeah, so. Uh, so I get there and it's a bit of a shithole but well, it's definitely a shithole, especially the accommodation like I've stayed in some bad places, I mean, I've Fuck it, I mean, i slept outside for a week you know, when I was in the Marines, we got a small bivy. <laughs> that was better conditions than this, than this you know, the bed was like, it was a bunk bed in a hostel full of, like a hostel type situation, but there's just extreme lack of cleanliness and care about the facilities, so the toilets were a mess, and uh, I, I don't even want to think about it, but it was bad. Even by my standards, and I can put up with a lot. And if I had to put up with it for longer, I could have, but uh, luckily I didn't. So, I mean, I got there and it was like another three days before I even get any kind of actual work. Um, and even then it was like two hours. So anyway, I'm on this farm for about two weeks. A total time, I think, I spent working was like six hours. Which, when you're trying to save money and stuff, it just isn't. There's a cool tree here. Hold on, I'm going to play with it a bit. Oh, that's cool. Um, isn't ideal to be working so little. Um, so, what? So <laughs> I met some cool people there. A lot of people were just going there to knock off their Days though, and didn't really care about making money, so they were fine. Like, you know, they broke even, you know, with what they spent, and they'd knock off days even if they weren't working. So, happy days. A lot of guys just wanted to get, get pissed and a lot of drinking and stuff, which wasn't my jam. And I was feeling kind of a bit alone again, so I bought again. I met a couple really nice people, which really helped with that, and then ended up doing a bit of running out there as well. It was long flat straights and it was really hot then so it was like in the thirties I think if I remember right. And um we go out and do some 5Ks and I was feeling a little bit better at my running then. But again I've not done anything since so. Uh. So yeah, i working on this farm, it's pretty shit. And I'm... Uh, um, Rewind a little bit. On my way to air when Andy was driving me, I see a job for a Gracie Baja school in Bondi that are looking for a gym manager. I'm like, oh fuck yeah, Who think That sounds awesome. <laughs> like living in Bondi and working for a jiu jitsu school, let alone a Gracie Baja school, like my own you know, family in a way. Like like I mentioned, how many saying, if you're part of Gracie Baja, you're just part of one big family, you know. And even if we are part of just jiu-jitsu in general, you're part of an even you know, a larger family. So I'm like, fuck yeah, apply to it. Pest the fuck out of Pedro, the owner, until he eventually accepts me. And uh, I'm off, I'm leaving this farm. Fuck that nonsense. Uh, back to, I get, I'm in the back of a Land Rover, like the boot of a Land Rover, with, the, with all these bags just laying down in the boot because there wasn't enough space. <laughs> for an hour, just driving back to Air and get a Greyhound bus from Air to Townsville. Get picked up in Townsville and so Go out that night. The night after? Uh, no, yeah, it was the night after. So go, go back to Townsville on the Tuesday. Had a day to collect my things my thoughts. Went out for a nice meal with Cassie and Andrew on the Wednesday and then flew down to Sydney on the Thursday. Ended up meeting. <laughs> I actually sat next, sat next to one of the guys I had met from Gracie Baja Townsville, who was also going to Sydney. So that was a funny coincidence. Like I saw him in the airport, said hi, sat with him, and then we were like, oh, what flight are you in? are oh, he's going. So, oh, me too. Oh, same flight, oh, same seat, <laughs> you know, next to each other, which is really cool. Shout out to Carlos. Um, I hope there, um, wait one second, I'll get directions again. Okay. Straight-ish, I think. <sighs> so what was I? <laughs> so i was oh yeah flew to sydney and then uh got a taxi up to bondi found a ho- hostel which was a bit mean but i just did it pretty quick considering i just came from air, uh, but this was really back style hostel small rooms bunk beds stinking a bo in there hot housing um just the cheapest one i could find again money was very tight there, like super tight by this point. <laughs> like jokingly, very tight. Um, so that, it's so your Thursday night-ish, night time, jumped an hour ahead of something. And then Friday headed up to, headed up to, uh, to have a little explore of the area, head up to see, uh, the gym and stuff and maybe hopefully meet Pedro uh, we didn't communicate too much so we didn't really have like a set date but I ended up going in Friday like thinking I'll just say hi but I was like throwing into the fire real quick and just like Friday was pretty much my first day you know like met the person I was taking over from and then was um, pretty much helping out straight away back in on Saturday <laughs> And uh, Sunday off, where I had a chance to just like um, look for more places to stay and think by. When was that? I think it was like Tuesday morning, I was just like, on Monday morning, or something, I was just walking around having like, houses before. No, 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 Sunday I viewed a load of houses, uh, flats. Um, shared houses type thing. Rooms. And then Tuesday morning, I just think I managed to get into a place where I'm now. Um, expensive area, but I'm paying like, I mean this is paying, well I'm about to start paying 390 Australian dollars per week. It's about, um, you know, 200 pounds per week. Which is just nuts for like, we're not living in luxury by any standard. Um, had loads of problems with the house, and all that. that's a whole different malarkey. But um, so yeah, I moved in and I started working at Grizzly Bear Hub I? So uh, it's a lot to do, like really busy. Um, but I have a lot of freedom and can change kind of things I want to change and write down, to, you know, suggestions and membership prices and look and feel of the club and I feel like I've got loads of freedom but there's just so much to do and especially I feel like I was taken over from someone who was not very well organised so I felt like I was literally the last few months been cleaning up a lot of messes that didn't need to be messy um, so I feel like especially in the new year that's when we can start implementing a lot of things I'd like to do um, but yeah I feel the days go really fast which is great I remember working at David Lloyd's and how the days would just drag especially doing like 12-8 kind of shifts you look down at the clock and it's like one o'clock, and you felt like you've been there for four hours already. This is completely different. I look at the clock; it's like four o'clock. I'm like, oh damn! I've still got so much to do, and you say, you know, hurry up and make like, sure it's all done. You've got the kids coming in now. You know, everyone's really friendly and welcoming there. Good high-level guys to train with. Um, I managed to get to the beach only twice here in Bondi, which is a bit disappointing, but. Um, like I say, not a big fan kind of the beach. And my days off are just like Saturday late afternoon and uh, Sunday and so being busy most days going out or you know, seeing the harbour bridge or spending time with anissa and her. She has her auntie and uncle here, so spending time with them who are really nice. And um we've not had the nicest weather on the days I've had off, so that's been a bit annoying, but Got time, summer's coming, so that's um it's a plus. Mm. So yeah, I guess looking forward, I wanna get up a bit earlier on these. Um oh man, I'm almost back. I'll look at that. Uh, I get up earlier this week and then start maybe getting back onto learning my poche's port- running, training, and that's me man, like as long as I'm eating right on top of that. I'm happy, you know. I don't ask for much. Just to train, podcast, challenge myself through learning something, listen to podcasts as well. Yeah, pretty easy stuff to stay happy. Mm, anything else you're interested in? Listening to a good audio book you might like called uh, "Jess." It's written by a guy called Jesse Itzler. Isler it's called living with a seal quite an old book about how he invited who we now know as David goggins to come live with him for a month and asked him he said he can do pretty much anything he wants <laughs> ask him to do anything you know anything he wants which is you no know, in the book they just call him seal because I don't think David had left the goggins left the uh, forces yet but um now obviously he's incredibly famous about his motivation and stuff and his how much of a hard bastard is uh which road do i need one second so yeah i was listening to this and i realized that the last few years i'd really challenged myself with something quite physically demanding like the ultra marathons or um okay, said so it's left coming up ultra marathons or skydiving or like burpee challenges and i realized i hadn't done anything this year um you know apart from doing shit tons of Jiu Jitsu I guess there's a challenge and traveling in itself is a challenge and I don't think I'll come back from this year having have saying like oh I didn't do anything you know but I felt disappointed that obviously I've still got a lot about time but I think you'll understand in a second why I say disappointed I didn't do anything in 2019 but from this book with just actually he was doing all these crazy stuff like running All these times a day, doing crazy amounts of push ups, going to business meetings, and it's like buying out loads of burpees or something (laughs) in the middle of it. Um, And uh, I just felt like I really needed to to do something that really challenged me. So I was thinking about doing this, doing it one month, doing a thousand press ups a day for a, a whole month, which I think could be very challenging, but I know if like I always do stupidly, I always go into these challenges and just think oh you know what, I'll just fucking, I'll just tough it out you know I won't train for it, I'll just do it as a mental test and like I know if I do that with such a simple move like a press-up I'm going to get really injured, (laughs) I just know it, I remember when I did that thousand burpee challenges I had uh, like friction burns underneath my armpits or whatever you'd call it from and just the constant rubbing of my arm against my you know, lap so i'm going to try and not be that stupid this time and uh, and um, actually do some training so i'm going to try to do a lot more push-ups and preparation for that and maybe i'll do it well february's a bit of a cop-out because that's a shorter month so i don't know maybe january it's a longer month i don't know it's kind of tough uh, <laughs> march maybe <laughs> i don't know let's see how, how the press-ups go uh, <laughs> uh, Let's see. Um. So, um. Yeah, thousand push-up challenge. Hopefully, that'll that'll come up soon. I'll let you know how the training goes for it. Oh man, how did I feel about it? Mm, uh, I was absolutely astonished, absolutely blown away by sub two hour marathon. Um, <laughs> something I had spoken to about when I was doing lots of running with my friend Matt, who was helping me get ready for the Marines and stuff, and he runs loads of marathons. And I remember just thinking like, I wonder if that'll ever get broken within my lifetime. Like, I was thinking maybe in like 50 years or so, someone will be able to do it with like, if they have, you know, I'm certain someone was able to do it once you get like CRISPR gene editing or that new kind of gene editing they've got it now. You'll see it meant to be even more or like work alongside CRISPR, that's really cool. But I can't believe, man. Um, and you look at the way he runs, like if you actually nerd out about his technique and he it looks like he's he has such a good um, technical stride, the way he, like, has such a long stride. If you try and run that fast on a treadmill, look at some, how much someone who doesn't have great technique, their legs turn over. It looks like, you know, like a wily e. Coyote type thing, or a Tasmanian Devil with the feet spinning. But look at uh, Kipchoge and it just looks like he's kind of running at a, you know, fast pace, but not sprinting. But essentially that's, he's sprinting. <laughs> like, you know, it's like my version of a sprint, probably around 20 KPH or 22 KPH, or whatever he has to run at. Ooh man, I'm getting out of breath just walking up the hill now. Oh, that's gonna be fun ending this run with the hill, isn't it? Jeez. Well, hills are better than downhills, I think. Better for the knees at least. Uh what you've got to look forward to in the podcast, I speak to Rob and he's actually with me for maybe a couple of non jiu-jitsu podcasts, <laughs> which I fully appreciate, but um just with the world I'm in, like I meet a lot of interesting jiu-jitsu people. <laughs> uh so I don't know, I think I'll have to think outside the box. And maybe it won't be just jiu-jitsu people, but obviously people have more lives than just training jits, so maybe asking about uh, more about the work and stuff like that, but just so happens that I work at a jiu-jitsu club. I train a lot I train a lot jujitsu. I find that interesting and therefore so I just want to speak to a lot of jiu-jitsu guys Uh, but yeah, I'm going to try and keep it diverse not I think there's any issue with having a niche like that but I do I do enjoy speaking to people from different fields as well Uh, okay, so guys I think I think that's about all I've got for you today I think I did okay I'm kind of coming managed to do a full loop of the park with you and kind of get to the point where I started actually talking to you at this point um, so yeah, I guess the plan is to... training's about to start for me in about five minutes and I'm about at least 10, maybe 12 minute walk away from the gym so but now I might join in late or just crack on with some work could a drink um, yeah guys thanks for if you've managed to actually get to this point of the podcast thanks for uh, keeping me company and walking around the park this morning hope to hear from you guys soon uh, if you're my friend and I haven't dropped you a message in a while I'm sorry <laughs> drop me a message and call me an idiot uh, let's get on the phone for a call uh, yeah cheers guys take it easy